Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. There's no point. You'll never find your spark. You have no purpose. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. Wow, I'm dumbstruck by that. Are you really? I don't want to do this show <laughs> Sorry, anymore. Sorry, Kieran. Someone had to tell you. Oh, no. And I like that that was the one spoiler that you chose to do for this movie. Wow. Way to lift everybody's spirits up. Way to really uh, reinforce everybody's life purpose by saying, oh, you don't have one. Oh, well, I guess that could be a message in the movie. We'll discuss it today. Life is freeing when you have no purpose. Because if you haven't heard one of our shows before, what we do is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster, and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. Then, quite like this week, when the movie comes out, we go back and look at how close we got. And this week, we're talking about one of the many Pixar movies we've covered in our years doing this show, Pixar's Soul. Mm. It's called Pixar's Soul because there are so many movies called Soul that it just sort of gets lost. In fact, there was another movie in 2020 called Soul. Really? That came out. Was it any good? Do you think I've seen it? (laughs) Of course I haven't seen it. Now, I think it's important to say at the top as well that this isn't necessarily a review of the movie Soul. We're not going to go over the actual plot of the movie beat by beat. We're only going to go back and relate what we originally predicted to what actually happened in the movie. So, there's probably going to be elements that we miss out on or don't discuss. So, if you haven't seen Soul yet and you really want to, please go and see that movie first. It's been streaming on Disney Plus since 2020. So, you've had every opportunity to. Also, we may spoil some important plot elements as well just through our discussion. So, Please don't let us spoil that for you, intentionally so, so go back and watch the movie first. Also, if you haven't heard our original Soul episode from all the way back in 2020, I'd strongly encourage you to go back and listen to that as well, just because without the context of that, you may get a little bit confused as to what we're talking and arguing about. Absolutely. That was really smooth, Kieran. Oh, thank you. So, let's get into talking about how we did with Soul. But first of all, I've got to ask the most important question. Maddie D, how much do you reckon Soul made in the international box office? Now, keep in mind as well, it came out eh, when cinemas were back open again, but it was still during COVID because it was 2020 after all. Now, we're counting money made from streaming and money no. made- No, We're just only cinemas. counting uh, money that was made in the cinemas. Now, keep in mind as well that the movie had a $150 million budget. That's and it did come budget. out in cinemas. So- If this helps at all, we're not counting Disney Plus because the movie only came out in cinemas in countries where Disney Plus isn't available. Right. So, Disney Plus isn't available in China. There's a big hint. (laughs) It isn't available in Singapore, Indonesia, a lot of Asian countries. Disney Plus just isn't available. So, it has to come to cinemas there. And it did. What was the budget? You said $150 million. $150 million. That is a big budget. And I'm going to say it went over its budget and made... $180 $180 million. $180 million from a select group of uh, countries, yep, right? Yep, yep, Well, you're wrong because it made $121 million. So, not quite there, not quite hitting budget, but what do you expect? It only came out in a handful of countries. It did well in those handful of countries, like pretty well. It made more money than Black Widow, if you think about it. But I don't know how much money they would have made from releasing it to Disney+, Plus because it's not like they had the Premiere Plus where it cost you $30 to watch the movie. No. It just came straight to regular streaming. Yeah. So, do they make up their end from subscriptions? Did um, they get new subscriptions just from people who wanted to see the movie? I don't know. I guess you'll never know, right? Unless yeah, they're never going to tell us. There's somebody there counting how many su- subscriptions it's come Terry. in. It's Terry. It's <laughs> Terry. <laughs> Terry's there counting the subscriptions. Anyway, before we get into discussing how well we did, Maddie D, would you care to explain our point system that we've worked out for this episode? So, unlike most of our episodes, we did this episode together. We combined our efforts to try yeah, to create right. a plot. And um, I'm going to be covering what we got right in mm-hmm. our plot. And Kieran is going to be covering what we got wrong in our plot. Essentially, we're going to tally up the points of what we got right and what we got wrong. 
and see if percentage-wise, ratio-wise, if we got more things right than we got wrong. That's Judging right. if it's a success or a failure to predict this plot. Yeah, exactly. And depending on which way the scales lean, we'll know if we're more right or more wrong overall. So let's get into it. I think we should cover what we got right first because that really gives us an idea of how close we were to the movie and then afterwards go into everything we got wrong just to balance that out. Yeah. Yeah. So you covered everything we got right as you said, I so did. let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. Now, I remember when we recorded this episode, I think it's safe to say that we weren't overly confident or maybe well, we both started the episode by saying we thought it was going to be a cut and dry Pixar movie. Yes. That we'd seen a million times before. Yes. So, that's some indication of how confident we were. But then when we discussed it, we, we became less and less confident as we went along. Well, it's because we just started fighting the entire way yes. through this prediction. We both had as two, standard. two separate ideas of what the plot was going to be. And maybe in hindsight, this should have been two separate plots from us rather than a combined effort. But I really Well, thought, I don't know. I thought you were going to be on the same page as me. I think you thought that as well. And it turns out that it was almost like two horses pulling a cart in a separate direction. And the cart didn't move anywhere. A real push-me-pull-you. <laughs> but we kind of made some compromises, which turned out to be very interesting. So I'm yeah. going to start with the first thing we said. Now, this is when we're talking about the cast list. Mm-hmm. Talking about what, what we thought the cast was going to be and what their overall impact of the movie was going to be. Now, we talked about Curly, the character Curly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we said that Curly would not do a lot in the movie. He'd be a likable presence in the movie. He'll say encouraging words, which he does. So, I I give us a point for that. We also said the band would be in the movie, but would not do a lot either, which is true. They're yeah, kind some of, of the band members don't even speak. No, no. They're kind of in the background. They're, they're what Joe is trying to get to, but they don't yeah. do a lot in this movie. So, I think that's worth uh, worth points there. Now, something else as well that we should talk about is before we started talking about the actors in the movie, we did have a conversation about what we thought the overall message of the movie would be. Mm-hmm. So, we sort of butted heads with the premise of the movie right at the beginning yes, and said, "Why it doesn't make any sense that they're saying like all of these talents and skills that you have are part of you from birth. Yeah. Like if you're going to be a jazz musician, it's instilled to you from like a, a spiritual level before you're even born. And we were like, well, what sort of message is that? But then we were like, oh, the movie isn't actually going to be saying that. It's saying like that's a part of your personality and they're not going to go into it too much, but they're like, this makes up your overall being, your yeah. overall soul, but you're not defined by that, is essentially what we said in a very loose way. In a very loose way, yeah. So that is pretty much correct, though. So would you count that as something we got correct? Oh, absolutely. I so, guess so that's the message of the movie, and we pretty much worked it out right at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. I was actually wondering if you were going to cover that or not. I, but yeah. I didn't really think of it, but you are right. I guess that is something we discussed. Because we didn't really talk about that point beyond that. Okay, yeah. So, that's what we settled on for the foundation of the movie, and then everything else was just in addition to that, just plot elements and story elements. Sure, sure. I guess that was in our discussion when we were talking about, like, what's what's the idea of the soul and that's whatnot. Right. And a lot of this episode was just us throwing ideas out there yeah, about that's what right. could happen. So, I guess that's worth a point, yeah. So, I guess we'll bump us up a little bit. There you go. So, before we started talking about the start of the movie, we talked about what would be the short at the start of, yeah. of the movie. Now, I watched this on Disney+, Plus. I'm assuming you did as well. That's so right. I didn't know what the short was. I actually found it on uh, good old YouTube. There wasn't a short. There was a short. Was there? Okay. That's I was under the presumption that there wasn't a short. I, I kind of found that there was, unless I'm I'm incorrect, but I found that there was a short called Burrow. Really? I'm going to have to look this up. Let's, let's fact check this because I'm fairly certain that that was the case. You're right. It says here that the short was released on Disney Plus on December 25th alongside Soul. Yeah. So that's going to be it. Yeah, that's got to wow. be it. Wow. I'm going to remove one of my wrong points then. <laughs> so, I mean, I watched this short, right? And what it is essentially is it's about a rabbit building a burrow. And sure. then there's a mole that comes in one side of his burrow and like one of those digging mice that comes in the other side and they're trying to build their own burrow. That's essentially what it is. Now, 
We sort of said, oh, it'll be about a child building a tower and learning about teamwork, which it is not the case at all. Oh, really? But it's technically about something building something. So in that loose way, okay. I generously give us a point. Because the rabbit is building a house. He's building a hole. That's kind of what it's about. So sure. I, okay. give, I give us a really- Makes sense. The message is there, kind of. <laughs> kind of. It's a stretch. It is a it is a stretch, but I'm going to give us a point. Okay. I, I will accept if you give us a point for that, for us being wrong about the overall short, but yeah. Uh, I might have to. <laughs> we're, kind of, we're kind of there almost. So next thing we talk about the actual opening of the movie. Now, we had two different ideas of what the opening was going to be. Uh, you sort of suggested that it was going to be- Joe absorbed in the music in that little in zone. In the zone, yeah. In the zone. Now in the movie, there's an area that's sort of between the spiritual and real world that people in r- real yeah, life they call can go it the to. zone. They call it the zone, yeah. Uh, we thought that's where the movie was going to open up. Now, technically speaking, he does visit the zone early on in the movie, as does his- Yeah, I, I do cover this as well. As does the student, so I'll give us a point for that. I won't go into it any further since you probably will yeah. talk about it later. And I put the idea that we're going to have a romanticized version of New York City where we see everyday people doing everyday things. Now, Yeah, I uh, think that's absolutely the case. And that's all the way through the movie, so yeah. there's a point for that. New York City looked like a great place to live in this movie. <laughs> it's clean. People are nice. You Somewhat, know, yeah. The only, the only joke is the guy that gets angry at the subway, and I'm like, yeah. if yeah. that's the worst person, then you're doing pretty wow, well. We're in a worse place right now. <laughs> But yes, as the movie opens up, it opens up in the classroom, which we do discuss that's going to be at the start of the movie, but yep. that's where the movie opens up officially. We do see New York briefly before mm. we go into the classroom, very briefly yeah. though, so. So we're kind of- So uh, we were right there. Yeah, we were. Now we meet Joe, who is encouraging one of his students to perform. We said that he was a good teacher. Yeah, yeah. And Joe says the music is within you, and I give us uh, two points for both of those two predictions points. there. Well, it's well, just a point per- Yeah, okay. It's yeah. a point per correct thing. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, because that's essentially what he is. He's a good teacher. He is encouraging his students to perform, that's and he's right. talking about music being within, in your heart, in your soul. Yeah, that specifically happens in the movie. Exactly. We had an argument about the marital status of Joe. Mm-hmm. Now, we sure did. We landed on a compromise, which is more what you were saying than I was saying. I said he wasn't going to be married at all and has no love interest and you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> all right. You got your finger right up in my face. I went, no, 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 no. And we compromised and said that he has a crush on a barista teacher. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is, a barista now, teacher. points because he is a single guy. That was the compromise we made. Sure. And another point because he does have a crush on a girl named Lisa. Now, I didn't well, know- Well, he did she- at one point. Yeah. I don't, don't know, if- know who she is or when she was some sort of romantic relationship or even if it was just a high school crush. Maybe. I thought she might have been the teacher we met, but- She's not. <laughs> does have a crush. So, there we go. I give- I give. You're only saying that because you want to be right. <laughs> well, I give us our points for that. Now, we said in just our overall predictions discussing what's going to happen in the movie, because we jump around a little bit here. Yeah. We said that 22 would go into a body, one point, because she does. Yep. Cat's body. Yes, that's right. We'll talk about it. Now, we said that Joe's going to audition for a band that he looks up to at the One Note Club, and he nails it. Half Note Club. The Half Note Club. You kept getting that wrong in the original episode. Oh, did I? Yeah, you did. You kept calling it the One Note Club, and I was calling it the Half Note Club. The, the the half note club then yeah anyway he nails this audition he feels the music he gets in the zone yep and he gets told to come back you know because he that he night yeah that night which is exactly what happens in the movie yep he goes to that audition and I believe he goes to that audition because someone pulled out last minute which that's right is exactly what happened in the movie he well. said that he died <laughs> the, the piano player died and they needed a last minute replacement I don't think, I don't think that was the case no. I think he was in hospital from was he? memory. I could be misremembering. I don't even think they even discuss it. I thought they just were like, he dropped out. Our piano player dropped out and we need a okay, replacement. Okay, it could have been that. Maybe I just presumed he dropped out off a building edge. 
Now, whilst Joe was walking home in our plots, uh, we said he was going to take a lot of near misses. Yep. That's absolutely the case. Uh, now, we can't be too- That was in the trailer. Yeah, though. it was. this was all in the trailer. We're just discussing what's exactly in the trailer. And eventually, he falls down a manhole and dies, and we see his soul drop down right, to the yep. soul realm. Exactly what happens, a point for that. Now, he said that the world, or the, the afterworld, would materialize around him. Yep, that happens. It exactly happens. And as he's heading to the great beyond, he talks to a soul who's at peace and explains where he's heading towards. Exactly what happens in the movie. I believe mm-hmm. it's in the trailer, but we called it. Yep. Now, we said that he's able to break his bond with the, I guess, the escalator or the staircase to the afterlife because he still has unfinished business to attend to and he wants to follow his dreams, which I guess he's right. I mean, the movie never outwardly says that's the case. No. Which made me really confused because I was like, surely- Joe is not the only one who does. They want to said die. that this is the first time that this has happened in tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years. So I don't not. understand why Joe is the only person in all of human existence to have this happen to him, yeah. to have him die right before he's about to fulfill his dream, so and it, therefore he's able to jump off this conveyor belt and escape death. The only one, and you know, in tens and hundreds of thousands of years, so, so, I don't understand why nobody else. Yeah. Because it's not like every person is dying at the end of old age. Like, what about someone who was murdered? They'd be like, what the hell am I doing here? They just got their dream job and then they're murdered. Or, (laughs) you know, a baby dying, you know, within a couple of days of it being born. Or a car accident or any type of accident. Or, you know, like somebody with capital punishment. Some guy's got his head chopped off in a guillotine somewhere and he's just like, what? And he's an innocent man. Yeah. And he could have gone on to invent the cure for cancer. We don't know. So, Joe, he's, he's very special <laughs> because he's literally the only one in millennia. Well, not really millennia, but he's the only one in thousands of years who's been able to do this thing. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. No, no. And he's the only one. Like, him wanting to perform in a band is so strong, yeah. so strong that he's able to, he's able to defeat death. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh, it's silly. But we were right, I guess. That's that, true. That did we happen. were right. Now, he said he tries to get out of the force field that's preventing him from escaping from going to the afterlife. And he breaks through that and go ends up in the great before, which is the area that yeah. souls are before they get sent to Earth. Point for that. We knew that was coming. It was in the trailer and the promotional material. Yeah. Now, we discussed whether animals have souls or not. And I just want to give us a point because we settled that they would. And there is a cat that has its soul. That's so right. Obviously. That's absolutely right. We can extrapolate that animals have souls too. Where they are in the great before, who the who the hell knows? But No. <laughs> they exist. They are in a different section, presumably. Well, that's, that's what we said. Yeah. We don't see that in the movie. No. Either. I just said presumably though. So mm-hmm. Now, we talked about Joe meeting 22. Mm-hmm. And we had another argument here where I, I thought Joe would be recruited as a teacher or a mentor. Yeah, that's right. To, to 22. Why are you covering stuff that I'm going to cover? <laughs> and you said, wrong, wrong, Matty D. Well, because I wanted to... Um, okay. Just wanted to say that I put that out there. And what we ended up saying was that it would be an organic thing that they bump into each other, but we were kind of on the right track there, which is why well, I think it was Well, we are technically right, because he isn't actually assigned as a mentor. He Not basically, technically. He lies his way into the role. Yes. So it does organically happen, because he ends up there... He just happens to run into this person who thinks he's a mentor. He steals a name badge and he's taken into the youth seminar. Yeah. So, technically, it did happen organically. He wasn't assigned. So, if we'd settled on that, we would have kind of been wrong. <laughs> yes. But we, still would, we would have still counted it as correct. <laughs> you bet your ass because we would have been closer. <laughs> that's, very, that's a bit of a stretch there. Now, we also said that the souls in their, in their soul form can materialize things at will. One point because they can. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we talked about... Joe's father, who we saw was credited in the film, and we settled mm-hmm. on the fact that his father would be a supportive 
influence and that yep. he would die at a young age. Absolutely correct. He doesn't die at a young age. We settled on the fact that he would die of old age. So we said initially that he would die while Joe was young, but then later on we said, oh no, he actually dies when Joe is older. Oh, did which we? Which is correct. When I was listening to the episode, I thought he died when he was young. And that's what I thought in the movie as well. No, we said he lives a full life. Okay. Does he live a full life in the movie? Yeah, we see him as an old man. Fantastic. So we're actually right. Yeah. We said his mother would raise him as a single parent from that, that well, that's point not on. True. But that's not true, yeah. But um, We went against that whole idea because we were like, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah. But I guess like she is the only sole supportive influence that point on, I guess. Nice choice of words, but yes. <laughs> but he's already an adult at this stage. Now, in this point in the movie, we said that Joe would be in the afterlife, or sorry, he'd be in the great beyond, and he would see- Great before. Great before, sorry. And he would see his life- that's right, and, and that does happen. And we spoke about it as Joe would try to show 22 that there was great things to live for. So he'd be like, look at all the things, and he could materialize his life, which technically happens. Yeah. In the actual movie- His it's, life sucks. It's, it's, it's a like pro- him sitting around watching TV. Yeah, yeah. Not in, doing anything. In the movie, it's a program that the mentors show the soul what their life was like to, guys, I guess, inspire them to go to Earth and find their passion, whatever. Yeah. So I guess, you know, it, do- it does happen in the movie. And we see that in Joe's life, we see there's a bunch of rejections and we see him trying to be an aspiring musician, which is the case. I don't yeah. think we thought it would be as depressing as what no. it was. Which was weird because- There's another point in the movie where he's thinking about all the good times he had. So I'm like, is it only because Joe's focused on being a musician? That's going to be the reason. I guess that's the reason. Next, we we sort of discussed what was going to happen with Paul the bully. We're kind of jumping around here a little bit. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I go into that as well. Yeah, but we did say that he'd forgive Paul. That's right, which does happen. So we get uh, get a point for that. It's technically 22 that does that and not uh, Joe, (laughs) but it's in- but it's inside Joe's body, so it counts, I guess. Yeah, it's, it counts. And I think the spirit of Joe forgives sure. Paul. Now, we said that the guy with the scepter, who we didn't know what he was going to be in the movie, we just thought he would be like the boss soul. Which I yeah. Guess- well, we didn't know who he'd be. We just thought he'd be there. We didn't yeah. really explain who he'd be. His name is Moonwind, by yes. the way. But, and I'm sure you'll go into what that character is, actually, but- well, I don't, actually. Oh, you don't? Well, we, I'll go we into We barely it. discussed so, him. So, essentially, this character in the movie is just a, a, a random guy at New York City who everyone perceives as crazy, and he's just attached to the spiritual world. So, Yeah. He has a connection to the spiritual world because he's constantly in the zone because he yes. has this dead-end job where he's just spinning a sign like he's the Joker. <laughs> And so he just spins the sign and he gets into the zone in his head and he's able to explore the like soul realm mm. at will and yeah. manifest stuff there. And he, he's kind of like a pirate in the soul realm. So That's he's, right. He's not in the great before, he's in this zone. He goes era. around rescuing lost souls yeah. with other like spiritual people. Yeah, so there's other people who sort of meditate and, and get into that zone, which That's is right. a really clever idea. David which- Lynch is there through his <laughs> transcendental meditation. <laughs> he's always there. But we did say that this guy with the scepter, I think his name was Moonwind, yep. opens a portal that we can see Joe's body in, and Joe jumps into the portal and is reconnected with his body, which is exactly what happens in sort the movie. Of. He's not reconnected with his body. No, he's not. Yeah, the whole Moonwind opening up a portal and us seeing Joe's body in a coma does happen mm. exactly in the movie. Yes, it does. It does. Now, so this brings up another argument that we had about mm-hmm. what was going to happen here. We had two different ideas, but what we settled on was that they were going to go into each other's bodies and then perform sort of the last day of Joe's life, which yeah. I say is correct. Now, which bodies they're in, <laughs> it's not really the case, but that does actually happen. He will fulfill his life. He will um, he'll perform with the, with the band in the Half Note Club, which he does, and it goes well, which it does. And he gets back to the great before, and they decide to send him back because he did such a great job, send him back to 
live his life, which is what happened. And the last thing we said... So why are you breezing over the fact that I said it would make more sense if they had a body swap comedy and Joe ended up in the cat's body and 22 ended up in the Joe's body? Well, that's the thing too. And I said it probably may not happen in the movie, but I'm still going to bring it up as a point anyway because you disagreed with me on it. Yes, yes. So I wanted to actually bring that up just right at the end there because you did say that you thought that maybe it might be a body swap. We just ended up settling not on that. Yeah, that's right. That did actually happen. But I I did make an important point point in that episode I said I think it's important to bring up the idea just mm. in case it happens and it did happen yes. so well originally you thought there was no not going to be any like 22 in well, a body at all no no well the problem was that the way that you were explaining it wasn't clear because I thought you were saying initially that when they jump through the portal Joe ends up back in his body and mm-hmm. the problems resolve because why would there be a ticking clock if that was the case? Well, what I thought was going to happen and what I was saying, what I was trying to say in the original episode was I thought Joe was going to be in his body, 22 was going to be in the cat's body. They yes. were going to have some sort of ticking clock where they had to do everything Joe needed to do and then he was going to die and go back to the afterlife then. And then so how the was end, he going to die? And then, oh, because, I don't know, time's up or whatever. Because you didn't explain that. No, well, I didn't know. So it sounded like you were saying like, oh, problems resolved, Joe's back in his body, 22's in a cat's body, which I was just like, well, that doesn't make any sense. That's a waste of time. Yeah, but in in the episode, I was kind of saying that would happen and then they'd go back to the- Because the whole idea of there being a ticking clock doesn't Mm. make sense if that's the case, because why would Joe just randomly die after he was revealed to be in a coma and not actually dead? I didn't know how that So you were definitely on the wrong track. I think I was on the right track. Yeah, but if we just settle on the idea of the problem isn't solved straight away, it was a body swap comedy. I'm not saying that I'm not partially yeah. involved in taking us down the wrong track here, because yeah. ultimately I, I ended up settling on and agreeing with you. Yeah. But at the time I was like, it doesn't make sense for Joe to go straight back to his body and then have this ticking clock, which is why mm. I brought up the whole body swap thing, because then there's conflict. Yeah, which, ended, make up, sense. which ended up being in the movie. But I thought we were pretty close, all things considered. Like, yeah, all things you- considered, we were close enough, because if you just switch the souls around yes. in the bodies yes. from what we said... That's basically the movie. And also, we did say that Joe would be taken back because he quote-unquote cheated, because we did say that in the episode. That does happen. And then they would say, you know what, you did such a good job, we're going to give you a second chance, which does happen in the movie. That's right. Um, So I think, other than the souls being in the wrong bodies, I think we were pretty much right. Yeah, yeah, of course. And the last thing we said was that Joel would live at the end, which is right. Joel? Who's Joel? <laughs> Joe would live at the end. Yeah, okay. Which is right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we he could presume He presumably lives a long and happy <laughs> life, or maybe the next day he dies of cancer, which would be hilarious. <laughs> but props to you for saying that it was a body swap movie. God, if we just went with that, we'd be <laughs> we'd have nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. We would have gotten everything right in but the movie. But all things considered, I remember this episode and being like really wrong. When I watched the movie, I was like, oh, we yeah, screwed I was the this same. up. I was the same. Watching the movie and re-listening to the episode, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. We did a really good job. And uh, we got uh, 32 points out of it. Is that counting the discussion we had at the start? Okay, 32 points. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. But let's see how the ratio is, because we should <laughs> go into everything, because we've already discussed a few points. Yeah. So, we already know that we had a fair few elements wrong, but let's really break it down now and see all the points that we didn't get correct in the movie that ultimately hurt our overall mm. prediction. So, first of all, we've already discussed it. We said that Curly the drummer wouldn't have a huge role in the movie. And I agree with you, for the most part, he doesn't. But he's in the movie more than Joe's frenemy, Paul. (laughs) He's in way more scenes than Paul. And he gets Joe his dream gig. So, in fact, he has one of the most important plot points in the movie. Yeah. So, if it wasn't for Curly giving him this gig... He wouldn't have, the movie wouldn't happen. Yeah. Everything in the movie wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Curly. Very true. Curly isn't in the movie much, but he's very important, is basically what we got wrong there. We were like, why is Curly even mentioned in the cast list? He's not even going to be important, but he's way more important than we gave the character credit for. True. He also gets a childhood flashback too. (laughs) 
That's true. We should have known that. We should have predicted that that would happen in the movie because it's standard. Now, we talked about the short film that accompanied this movie. I had no idea that this short film was released alongside Soul because I don't think it was clear. But in you describing what the plot of the short film was, we were clearly wrong about the direction that it went in. (laughs) There was no little girl. There was a rabbit, a mole, and a burrowing mouse, you say? Yes, that's right. All fighting for the same space underground? That's right. And hampering each other's work, I'm presuming? Uh, It's a very short one. Eventually, the rabbit just decides just to dig deeper down. He's like, oh, there you go. Forget this. Problem solved. (laughs) It sort of fits like the message of Soul, where it's just like, if you have a problem, yeah, just try something and it'll work. (laughs) If you don't want to die, just jump off the conveyor belt and, you know, next thing you know, you're given a second lease on life. That's it. Great. (laughs) So, the movie doesn't actually open with Joe playing jazz piano to his class, as you discussed. Uh, It actually starts with the class playing really badly instead. So, as we get the opening credits, we hear a really bad version of When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio, which is the standard Disney opening theme. Yes. So, we thought that the movie would open with the sounds of jazz piano, Joe playing to the class. That does happen in the scene later on, but more so it's the children playing jazz poorly that actually opens the film. So we were close, but weren't quite right there. Again, we've discussed this. We said that Joe would go into the zone while he plays music in the movie, and we would see in the opening scene that this is happening, but it doesn't actually happen while he's teaching his class. We don't see him go into the zone, although he does lose himself for a second when he's sort of like recalling his first jazz experience in the Half Note Club, listening to someone play piano, which inspired him to become like a jazz musician. So he plays, he tinkles a few notes on the, (laughs) the ivory keys and gets lost for a second and the class sort of just stares at him. But yeah, he doesn't actually go into the zone at that point. That happens at the Half Note Club later on. Now, I said in that original episode that the zone would have like a rich orange or pink background. In the actual movie, it's blue. Anytime they're in the zone at any point, you can see other souls in the zone. It's blue. So, I'm nitpicking here because that's such a small detail, but it wasn't pink or orange. No. Which is how I imagine it. Because when I think jazz in my head, I think like a really warm pink orange color rather than like a cold, cool blue. I would have preferred that, to be honest. Yeah, maybe. But blue was very much like the- The color of the movie. The color palette of the movie. Because if you think blues, you think jazz. Yes. Miles Davis, a kind of blue. Yeah. Blue is like the color of jazz. So, it makes sense. True. It's more so the color of blues, but still, let's ignore (laughs) that. Again, we've sort of discussed this already because you're insistent on doing both right and wrong for most of your points. I guess because we were like half right on a lot of stuff. That's it, yeah. Yeah, we already talked about how Joe doesn't have a love interest in the movie. We'd never see his love interest, but we understand that there was a woman or girl in his life whose name was Lisa. Mm -hmm. That's all we know. Yeah. So, we're technically wrong there about him having like a, a barista teacher. Girlfriend slash love interest crush in the movie. We thought that the cat in the movie, by the way, the cat doesn't have a name, it's just the cat. (laughs) We thought that the cat would be Joe's pet in the movie. It'd just sort of be like a lazy, fat cat that he has around the house. That is a fair assumption. It's a fair assumption because, yeah, we saw the cat like lying on his belly when he was in the hospital bed. It was featured prominently on the posters. So why wouldn't we presume that it was his cat? But no, it's a hospital therapy cat in the actual movie. Who doesn't have a name? Well, he might have had a name. It might have been Mr. Something, but I didn't write it down. Mm, uh, yeah, the, the owner calls it something. Yeah, that's I right. I can't really remember what. But they don't refer to the cat as the cat's name through the whole movie. It's just 22. No, it's Joe. It's Joe the cat, <laughs> sorry. I went back to our original plot there for a second. We thought that Joe would call his mum and tell her that he got a gig playing with Dorothea Williams and the Half Note Club. Now, that's not true at all because Joe entirely avoids telling his mum about the gig because she hates the fact that he pursues gigs like his father did. Yeah. So, presumably, his father like never really made any money 
died destitute, never really went anywhere with his career. Struggled. And she, she doesn't want to see Joe have the same thing happen to him. Yeah. So, which is why he's hesitant to tell her anything about the gig. So, yeah, doesn't happen. Who is he speaking to on the phone? Oh, I thought it was the barber in the, the original episode, well, but it's not the barber. Because he, te- he tells the barber later on that that's what he's doing. That's right. And they re- everyone in the barber shop reacts. Yeah, that's like right. Positively, yeah. So, maybe it's just a friend, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. We don't see the friend. I don't think we ever know who he's talking to on the phone. Yeah. Unless he's talking to Curly. Why would he tell Curly that? I've got a gig <laughs> that you gave me. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> Good point. Who knows? I guess it's just a friend. Maybe it's Lisa. Who knows? No, it wouldn't be Lisa. No, it wasn't Lisa. Who knows? As we discussed as well when we talked about things we got right, we're not told if there are other divisions for non-human souls in the great before. However, as we discussed, we do see that animals do have souls, which was something we sort of theorized in that original episode. So I guess we were wrong in presuming that we would see that there are other divisions and they would explain that animals have souls. But yeah, we're correcting the fact that we do see that animals have souls, Mm. but there's no other divisions in the great before for animals. None that we see. Because no. I guess you don't have to teach them that much because they all run on instinct anyway. Yeah. They don't have... Well, personalities? They do, they do have personalities, but it's not like they have like a spark or specific interests that are out of the realm of just being a cat or a dog <laughs> or a toad or whatever. Yes. We said that the scribble people, which by the way are called counsellors in the actual movie, will remember Joe from when he was just a soul. Yeah, that was me. Well, yeah, they don't remember him at all and they clearly wouldn't because they refer to all the souls as numbers, which we knew, rather than names because mm-hmm. they don't get their names until they go to Earth and develop into, you know, regular people. So, of course, they wouldn't know who Joe was unless they he comes back and they're like, oh, you're soul number 6,400 and whatever. Hang on. Number 22 is the only the 22nd soul to be ever That's made. right. Wow. So, she's been around since caveman times. <laughs> she could have been a caveman. No wonder she didn't want to go to Earth. It's like, what are we doing? We're just going down there living till about 15 and dying. Yeah. She's just waiting for a good time to be alive, which exactly. hasn't happened yet. <laughs> exactly. She's lucked out. It's medieval period. Screw that. So, I had a real stick up my ass about Terry the accountant mm. in the movie having a really terrible, I said either New Zealand or Australian accent. I thought it was someone putting on an Australian accent. But in the actual movie, Terry the accountant is played by Rachel House, yes. who was a New Zealand actor, and that is her normal voice. So, I feel really bad for shitting all over poor Rachel House. And I apologise. I take back everything I said in that original episode because she was fine in the movie. Yeah, she was. Once I realised that she was actually a New Zealander and using like her regular voice, I was like, oh dear. <laughs> oh dear, I really put my foot in it now. Well, we only saw that character for a second, speak for a second, so we didn't know much yeah, about- I just presumed. Mm, how it was going to be. But I said it was a disgusting, awful accent, but I take it back because like I said, it's her normal voice, so I felt really bad. Anyway, moving on. I In the original episode, I disagreed with Maddie, uh, I disagreed with Maddie D that Joe would be assigned to 22 as a mentor- and thought it would happen more organically. And technically, it is kind of organic, as we discuss, because Joe lies about being a mentor and the whole reason. He just runs into the situation, naturally. Yeah. So, yeah, as I said, we already discussed it. We thought that Paul, the character of Paul, Joe's frenemy, would be Joe's childhood bully. He's just a guy in the neighborhood who doesn't seem to like Joe that much. Well, he's just some guy that gets his hair cut at the same place. Yeah. And occasionally makes snide remarks towards Joe. Yeah, exactly. That's his rival. Like, he doesn't hate Joe. No. He just is very negative towards Joe. He's that one asshole friend you have who's just always, like, trying to- <laughs> Pull you down. Pull you down, yeah. hold you back. You know, yeah. we, we all know people like this. We thought he was going to be a bigger presence. That's right. And he was not. He was in about, let's say, two minutes of the movie. Mm. And, you know, he has a full character arc within that two minutes, I guess. <laughs> he does, I guess. And he's almost killed by Terry, the accountant. But anyway, he wasn't important. 
So we also thought that Moonwind would have the ability to show Joe his past, but we more so focused on the idea that you can generate what you want to see and do in the great before. So we were more right than wrong there. But yeah, Moonwind isn't connected to the great before in any sort no. of significant way. He's just sort of in the realm as a visitor, but it's not like he officially works there. Yes. We thought that Joe would have to confront the memory of his father's death. Now, that isn't the case in The Great Before. We thought it would be as he's going back with 22 and looking at his past life in The Great Before, he would see the memory of his father's death and have to face it again. Mm -hmm. And this would be a good lesson for 22 to say, look, even though you lose people you love in your life, it's an important part of growing and becoming a better person. Yeah. But that doesn't happen in the movie. The only thing that's close to that happening in the movie is towards the end of the movie, Joe does reflect on his father's death when he's thinking about like, all the positive moments in his life and in the ways that 22 inspired him to, yes. to be a better person, essentially. So you see him thinking about his father's death and him crying, but that's as close as we get to him confronting it. He's more at peace with his father's death than we thought he would be. Yeah, yeah. And I guess like him pursuing jazz is kind of a connection to his father. Absolutely. But to so, your point, yeah, there's no, there's no real point in that in the movie where he has to confront the death of his father. Yeah, that's right. So, moving on, we thought we'd see Joe's memory of experiencing young love. We don't see that at all in the movie. Does not happen. And we thought most of the movie, let's say 70% of the movie, would take place in the great before. Yeah. Going around in the great before, talking to 22, explaining things. Thankfully. Yes. Thankfully, this was only a very brief part of the movie and not the whole thing. We thought it would go in a more inside-out direction, Mm. where most of the movie is focusing on sort of like the world inside the child's brain. So we thought they would do a similar thing here, but thankfully, most of it takes place in the real world. Yeah, agreed. The movie is way better off. Yeah. We said that Joe will want to see how his family's dealing with his death as a lesson for 22, and Moonwind will reveal that he's in a coma. There's no point in the movie where Joe ever actually believes that he's dead. He always feels like, oh, I've something's happened to me. I've, I've had an accident before my time. I need to get back to my body. And then we see that he is in a coma. Yeah. And he's sort of, I don't know, is he dead? Is he just in a, like a vegetative state until his soul or, or until 22's soul goes into his body? Because they suddenly react to like his heart monitor going off and stuff like that and him coming slowly into consciousness. Yeah. Well, I suppose he is dying. Maybe he's in... That's what happens yeah. when people get I'm just presuming he's a vegetable because he has no soul connected he, to his body. I, I guess so. I and the therapy so. cat is there to help tie him into coming back. I don't know how therapy cats actually work. The only therapy cats I know is from Dr. Sleep, where the cat comes and sits next to you when you're about to die. So that's not a good sign. <laughs> Maybe it was that. Yes. So we said that Joe will jump through this portal that Moonwind created and he will return to his body and 22 will enter the cat's body. We've discussed this at length. We know that's wrong. We also thought that Joe and 22 would only return to the living world towards the very end of the movie, maybe in the last 15 minutes. Again, this happens within the first, I think, 35 minutes of the movie. And then the rest of the movie is them running around, body swap yeah, comedy. We thought it would be- Learning lessons. The climax of the movie. That's right. But it, it wasn't. It was The more- big final 15-minute chase, yes. basically. So we said as well that Joe and 22 would run around trying to live Joe's dream day, or dream just fulfill his dreams in general, I suppose, believing that Joe only has a short time left to live. That's not really the case. I mean, Terry is pursuing Joe in some regard, but there's no, like, ticking clock unless Terry catches them. Well, the ticking clock is he has a performance to do. Yeah, so the ticking clock is he has to get to the performance. There's no, like, real threat of him dying again in the actual movie, like we thought. It's more so he has to get prepared for the performance and have everything done and then meet Moonwind after Moonwind has finished his shift so Moonwind can take the souls back out of their body and put them back into the correct bodies. Yeah. Well, what, did 22 they, would go back to the soul realm. Yeah. Did they have to wait till Moonwind finished his shift or That's when right. the, the solar thing happened? I thought it was- Both, like, both. So, right. there had to be like a thin point between the barriers yes. between the soul world 
and the human world, Earth, and Moonwind said that this is going to happen at this specific time. We have to wait until then. Also, he had to finish his shift. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, yeah, so there's a ticking clock there, I guess, for Joe to do his performance, but he doesn't think yeah. he's going to die afterwards. That's he doesn't right. know Terry's after him. Yeah, so we were half right, half wrong, yes. which is why I bring it up. We said that by the end of the movie that Joe would see a newborn baby and wonder if it could be 22. <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, nothing like that happens in the movie no. at all. And I'm so glad that they didn't do that because that would just be silly. It'd be unrealistic. We have no idea what happens to 22 once she goes to Presumably, Earth. Joe never thinks about 22 again. Maybe. Maybe. He just learns to be a better person. Now, something else that I should point out as well, we talked endlessly about 22's cowboy dance. Doesn't actually appear in the movie I at all. They cut it. It was in the trailer and we were both like, oh, <laughs> this is going to be bad. They hurt the show. Yeah, maybe they did. But yeah, it wasn't in the movie at all. So technically we're wrong about that, but I'm not counting it because it was just something that was in the trailer, wasn't in the actual movie. Yeah. And it wasn't an important point in our plot either. No. So that was everything that we got wrong, which gives us a total of 21 points. Wow. How many points did we get correct again? 32. 32. Okay. Mm. So this is a success story, but not by much. Yeah. This is somewhat of an even balance, but still leaning more towards successful. So, as you said, going back and watching the movie a second time and then listening to the episode again, I feel like we were a lot closer than we initially gave ourselves credit for. Absolutely. Because I thought we completely, like, fucked this one. I thought this one was a complete screw-up and we'd definitely get more things wrong. But this is a circumstance where we were like, we were on the right track, but with just a few elements that were incorrect. And I think watching the movie, I I was surprised how much we were getting right or how close we were getting to being right. right. Because there was stuff that we were talking about that was not in the promotional material, was not in the trailer. There was no reason for us to think that way and and we were guessing it. And most of the context of the stuff from the trailer, we got correct in the actual prediction as well. It actually fit into where we thought. Like even beat for beat, the plot points of the movie were in the same order as we predicted in the plot. They were. And because we both had two completely different ideas (laughs) of where the movie was going to go, I I think working together actually really helped us out. It did. Because if you consider your original plot that you wrote for that episode, yes. it was probably completely wrong, save a few elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So through compromising and working together, I actually think this really helped us out. Most of the time it hurts us, and in some circumstances it did hurt us this time. But I feel like because we worked together, we ended up being closer to the movie than we would have had we worked separately. Definitely, definitely. The compromises we made, and this is a rarity for us, the compromises we made actually turned out to be closer to the movie than either of us thought the movie was going to be. That's right. Because you were going to have like Joe with a pregnant wife and the baby was going to be 22. (laughs) Yes. And they were going to go back into their, you know, most of the stuff that you brought up was wrong. And let's face it, a lot of the stuff that I brought up was wrong as well. And in compromising, as you said, we got there eventually, sort of got there eventually, Mm. really did help us out. But yeah, I'm going to take this as a success story overall. Me too. Teamwork wins. And I guess that leads us directly into talking about what we think of the movie. Yes, because we discussed this on our on our special episode a while we back. We did. Uh, I said it was one of the best movies to come out of 2020. That's right. Uh, and I disagreed with you at the time. I remember saying that Onward- At the time, was, interesting. Was a much better movie. I'll yes. get into it. Yes. Um, so, what are your thoughts on Soul? Like, like you said, we have discussed it in our best and worst of 2020 episode, but we didn't really go into detail. No. But, so, now it's no holds barred. You can say exactly <laughs> how you feel about the movie. And what you liked about it, because we all know that you liked it. Yeah, so. so I did say it was one of the best movies of 2020, so I guess it's no surprise that I did like this movie. I came into this movie with very low expectations. I In the episode we did predicting this movie, I said it was going to be cookie cutter, it was going to be same old Pixar, but yeah. I was really surprised with the direction this movie went, even though oh, yeah? I guess we guessed a lot of it, but just the heart of the movie I was really surprised at. So I think visually the movie is stunning. Mm. It's a very beautiful 
movie and it's very creatively done, especially when you're doing the great before and the the councils. I, I kind of liked all of that in, you know, the detail they went into it. But I guess I really liked that this movie could have just been another movie about following your heart, following your dreams, following your passions, everything yeah. will be okay, which it kind of is in a way. But I kind of like the message of the movie for me was, yeah, it's important to have passions but you need to be present and live life and enjoy That's life. That's right. And that, and there's your more- passions can't be your purpose because exactly. they're not your purpose. Exactly. And I watched this- and Joe with- realizes that at the end of the movie. Yes. And I watched this with somebody else and we came away with two different meanings from the movie. The person I watched this with said, oh, so the message of the movie is he shouldn't be following jazz. He should be a teacher. That's his purpose. And my yeah. takeaway from the movie was no- he should be pursuing jazz because that's what he loves, but he shouldn't be blocking out the rest of the world. He should enjoy life because if he's just focusing on one thing, he's missing out on everything. Yeah, he's not going to be fulfilled just following his passion. And I thought that was really interesting because rare, rarely do you have a movie where two people take different meanings, but you could say both meanings are valid. Yeah. So, you know, it depends on your individual experience to what you take away from the movie. I thought this movie was really bold. Um, I thought it took a risk going in that direction and I mm. took a lot of meaning out of it. It was very emotional in the end and I thought the message was a really good message. Yeah. So, I got nothing but high praise for this one. And, and What did you think about 22's journey? You're sort of focusing on Joe's journey. Yeah. Uh, I liked the 22 journey. I liked the fact- She started off the movie, you know, not seeing any point in living and not having like a direct purpose. Yeah. And then I guess through the journey of the movie, we see- yeah, well, she starts living and then realizing that there's more to life than just a purpose. The same lesson that Joe learns, yeah. essentially. I, I guess we sort of knew that going in the movie, that that was going to be 22's journey. Um, yeah, I guess so, so. There's no real surprise. Yeah, we, we did say that at the start of the episode. Yeah. That's right. But yeah, I kind of liked how they did it. I liked the fact that it wasn't about finding something you love to do. It was about finding the beauty in everyday things and everyday life and finding the beauty in, in interacting with people and yeah, and your I, memories, I really your happy moments, those little moments. There's, yeah. a, there's a scene in the movie that I'm thinking of where 22 finally gets her spark because she sees like a helicopter seed falling yeah, down from a tree. that's such a beautiful scene. Yeah. And then the bit where Joe pulls out all the little things that he picked up along the way or 22 picked up along that's the way right. and he starts playing. And it reminded him of moments in that day when 22 was realizing, oh, I want to live because of these like little... Little moments and little memories yeah. that make, you know, human life worth living, basically. Yeah. And had nothing to do with any purpose. No. It was just life. Yeah. And it was just about enjoying life for what life was, you know, having a talk with the barber about what he likes. I don't know. Yeah. It, just, it was a really simple, beautiful message that you don't see in movies that much. And that's right. It's unfair to compare it to Onward, but I kind of felt like Onward, even though I did like that movie and did get emotional towards the end of that movie, I thought that followed a very Disney trajectory, you know? Yeah, that's right. Where this movie was just trying to do its own thing and was kind of really bold. So, what can I say? I was surprised. Yeah. And I you, was still, surprised. you still rank it as one of the best movies yes. of 2020? Yeah, definitely. There you go. Well, my thoughts on the movie, I mean, if that's you remember- a high bar, by the way. Yeah, exactly. We've <laughs> so- discussed this already. Go back and listen to our best and worst of 2020 <laughs> if you haven't listened already. And one of the reasons I encourage people to go back and listen to that as well was because I was very negative towards that movie back then because I saw the movie when it came out. And I was sort of thrown off by the direction that the plot went in because I was like, well, this isn't really what we predicted. So it's not really a direction that I thought the movie was going to go in. So therefore, I don't think I agree with like the message of the movie. And then quite like your friend who you watched the movie with, at the end of the movie, I was like, I don't get it. Like he got the gig. Why is he disappointed? Like, why is he sad? that he got his dream job and is fulfilling his purpose. Like, I didn't understand it. 
So I was like, well, the message of the movie is wrong. I didn't like 22. I thought 22 was annoying. And I, I didn't cry in the movie when I first watched it. And I was just like, okay, I don't get it. This is just a mediocre Pixar movie. In watching Onward a second time and talking about that and singing its praises, and then going back and watching this a second time, it's been two years since I've seen the movie. Basically, it's about a year and an X amount of months since I originally saw Soul. And I feel like I've grown a lot as a person since then. And so, watching it a second time, I was like, wow, this movie looks really, really good. Arguably, it's got a much better, more realistic style than Onward has. So, Onward looked good, but I think that this movie looks a lot better. I finally got what they were saying at the end of the movie, as we already discussed. I finally understood what the message was, and I was like, well, that's a really good message. That's a better message than Onward. Because I got the message, I could connect with it more. I got really emotional towards the end of the movie. <laughs> there you go. And basically spent the last 15 minutes in tears. Wow. And so it really hit me this time. And I was just like, hang on a second. Why was I shitting all over this movie when we last talked about it? I obviously didn't get it, didn't connect with it. And now that I'm connecting with it, I'm realizing this is a much better movie than Onward. I was singing Onward's praises just because they had like, you know, a, the pretty, relationship. a pretty mediocre story. And then right at the end, they hit you with like the brother relationship that was there the whole time, but you didn't see it until reflection. Which is a good message. It's right? a great message. But then I think this movie has a better, stronger message. It's an overall better, stronger movie because when I rewatched Onward, I, I got bored. There were several scenes where I got bored. But then rewatching this, I, there was no scene in the movie where I ever got bored. When I was watching the first 15 minutes a second time, I was like, wow, this is much better than I remember it being. And then when 22 was introduced, I was like, oh, now I remember why I didn't like this movie, because I thought 22 was really annoying. But then when 22 ends up in Joe's body and ends up living a real life instead of just a cynical, pointless soul life, then she really opens up as a character, becomes more vulnerable and becomes more relatable. And the movie becomes 10 times more enjoyable. And then it's because of her experience that Joe learns the lesson at the end. Not what I was expecting. I was expecting it to be the other way around. Joe yeah. teaches her to be less cynical and love life more. And as I said, it ended up being a, a great journey, a great message. And I ultimately like it way better than Onward. There you go. So which you I was changed. not expecting to, to say. Wow. What a turnaround. So the movie absolutely changed my opinion watching it a second time, having different life experiences and then being able to relate more to it. So yeah, there you go. Was not expecting that. I went in with my arms folded being like, <laughs> I don't remember liking this movie. But then, yeah, it turned me around. I liked it a lot better. Nice. I'm glad you enjoyed it the second time. So, I kind of feel like I want to go back and swap out <laughs> Onward for Soul in my best of uh, 2020. Yeah, you can, I guess. There's no rules against that. Um, also, I think it's worth saying that this movie was really funny. Yeah, it was funny for the most part. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like laugh out loud at it. No, but it, it was clever in a lot of ways. Yeah. It was clever in a lot of ways. There was a lot of like little moments that like make you smile. Yeah. Not like burst out laughing, but yeah. There was enough like little things in there that you're like continuously riding on. Like, yeah, that's pretty funny. I like, I like how wave all the, how the, all the councils would like patronize Jerry or Terry. Sorry, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> look over there. Yeah, they Let's clearly didn't the like him. Yeah, or, that's right. It, you know, I like how they just shut him down by being like, Terry, you're doing an amazing job, <laughs> and Terry's just like, oh, thank you, and then just goes off. Yeah, here's this trophy that you asked for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah no, good. it's a surprising movie, and I, I thought it was uh, a very strong, bold choice that they went, that Disney don't, oh, absolutely. doesn't really go in that direction. It would have been easy just to say, oh, the message of the movie is follow your dreams. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't say that. And the fact that he did follow his dreams and his day was exactly the same as it is all the time because he wasn't enjoying life. You know, I thought that was a really powerful yeah. thing that people should- like it's it's that's very beneficial to a lot of kids. Absolutely, I think, you know, yeah, absolutely. We live in a world of social media where people are like, "Oh, just chase your dream, and then everything will be like bright and colourful." Hunky dory, yeah, yeah, that's it. You become famous, you become a millionaire, and everything's great. And it's like, well, no, nothing really changes if 
your attitude on life doesn't change. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And what a deep thing for an animated movie to, to bring out of it. It's a difficult message to convey. I don't know how well they conveyed it, but they, I think they did it well enough for me to get it the second time yeah. watching the movie. Well, they didn't spell it out and treat you like an idiot, right? That's true. Which was nice. Maybe you know? I am an idiot, which <laughs> no, is why no, I didn't no, no. get it the first time. Well, that's, I guess I guess it's interesting because when I watched it with another person, you know, we took away two different messages and it sounds like you took a different message as well. So oh, yeah. I guess it depends on the viewer. Yeah. Which is a cool thing, right? Yeah, it's a great thing. It's exactly what movies should be. Yeah. We can't have these kind of conversations when we wrap up talking about Fantasy Island <laughs> yes. or Doolittle. Well, we do discuss what the meaning of those movies are. Yeah. Because they, the they don't movie, have a meaning. They don't have a meaning. They have no purpose. Yeah, exactly. And they shouldn't exist. All right. <laughs> I'm actually excited to hear what other people thought of this movie as well. So if you've seen Soul and you had an opinion on it, maybe you didn't like the movie. Yeah. Please let us know. You can let us know what you didn't like about it or what you loved about the movie. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on our social media pages through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can just simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. Simple as that. Easy. One question I have before we wrap it up. Yes. How come the cat's soul didn't pass into the Great Beyond? We saw it on the conveyor belt going up to the Great Beyond. That's a good question. <laughs> it was reconnected by the end of the movie, so it was all right. But then I thought for most of the movie, oh, that, that cat's soul's fucked. It's going to be dead, and then when, like, 22 leaves the body, it's just going to slump over dead. They do say that time doesn't exist in the great before or the great beyond or wherever they are in that conveyor. Right. So, right, maybe okay. maybe time is going faster it's than like it is. It's like the hyperbolic time chamber from Dragon Ball Z. It's yeah, just maybe. like time doesn't pass in the same way. So, the cat, even though it looked like its death was impending, it no time passed, and so it was saved before yeah. it could be untimely murdered, basically. Yes. By 22 and Joe. Yes. So there you go. Okay, I can sleep soundly now. <laughs> All right, before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be predicting next week because, of course, we're going back to predicting a movie. And Fun. next week, I know Matty D isn't going to be excited for this one. I'm not excited for this one, but I think we should still try and have as much fun with it as possible because next week we're talking about the next installment of the Jurassic World franchise. Oh. Matty D's head just went straight into his head. I'm sick of this franchise. What don't you like about it? I like the Jurassic Park franchise, except for these last- Jurassic World movies. Yes. Didn't like the first one, had no interest in watching any of the others. And I, I haven't really... seen the second one. I'm going to have to I watch it. I haven't either. Oh, no. Oh. We're going to have to do research for this show. Great. Hey, maybe our plots for our Jurassic Park spin-off or sequel or whatever we did- Remake. Remake comes to pass. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking as well, and I think we'll cover this more next episode. If there are any elements from our Jurassic Park remake in this new movie, we get bonus points. I think that's fair. So in the future, fair. when the movie comes out and we do our special episodes, we're going to get full-on bonus points for things that we predicted in our special episode that actually appear in a real Jurassic Park movie. Look, if there's robot dinosaurs in this movie, I'll there be happy. Be. I'll be happy. That's all I want. Yeah, that's all I want too, but there won't be. All right, so join us next week when we talk all about Jurassic World Dominion. And until then... Find your spark. But in the actual movie, Terry the Accountant is played by Rachel House, yes. who was a New Zealand actor, and that is her normal voice. So I feel really bad for shitting all over poor Rachel House. And I apologise. I take back everything I said in that original episode because she was fine in the movie. Yeah, she was. Look, uh, fella, I'm thinking there's no reason we can't keep this little incident between us, eh? Mistakes happen and uh, it's not your time. Unless you keep eating those processed foods, am I right? <laughs> Seriously, stay away from those processed foods.